morning hour coming up. McKnight at the movies in 15. Todd Furman in Vegas in 30 minutes. Speaking of Vegas, get the GM meetings wrapping up. Some stuff about uh, free agency in baseball. And it sounds like the uh, White Sox aren't going to be going after any of the big fish, Yurko. Maybe some of the medium-sized fish. I got a few of the medium-sized fish maybe they can go after. Maybe. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know the what they're they going to do either. The way Rick Hunt talked the other day, it's like, no, we got nothing. We might trade, but... Going to trade. That's what we're going to do. We, otherwise, we got nothing. So, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. We were talking yesterday about uh, what's happening in Seattle, too, how at every, every chance they get in Seattle, they take shots at Russell Wilson. And Pete Carroll was talking about the wristband. Oh, you know, it's so much better now. We got a quarterback willing to put the wristband on. We get the plays in and out a lot quicker. Uh, <laughs> this was Russell Wilson's retort to that. You don't, you don't like the, we come to find out you don't like the play sheet on the wristband? Come to find out, what do you mean? Um, well, there's, a, you know, the, Pete Carroll said something about putting a wristband, putting play calls on a wristband. Uh, I don't know exactly what he said, but, um, but I, I think, you know, won a lot of games there without one on the wrist, you know, and uh, I didn't know what mattered if you wore a wristband or not. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, you know, do whatever it takes to, to, to make sure that we're rolling and, and moving and, and everything else. I've, I've, the few times I've definitely worn a wristband, depending on the game plan and what we have called and all that stuff. But, yeah. He, he did win a lot of games there. He sounds like maybe a big pain in the ass, but he did win a lot of games, Yerk. And at some point, maybe the juice isn't worth the squeeze. You know what his record was for Seattle? Guys listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Thanks, boys. Wonderful. You know what his record was in Seattle? One hundred four and fifty three. Pretty good record. Pretty good record. Pretty I good mean, record. They did win a lot but of games. With Russell he Wilson. created his own drama. I, I, yeah, he's the guy that created his own mess. Was he not? Wasn't he the guy that leaked out? These are the teams that I'd like to play for. <laughs> Remember that? Was that him? I don't want to be traded. No, it was his agent. Well, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. The agent works for the player. <laughs> The agent best, doesn't work for himself. He works for that? the player. The best part about that oh, cut, too, is God. he says, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about, and then proceeds to he knows exactly. that he knows exactly what they're oh, talking stop about. stop here, Lyle. You don't, you don't like the, we come to find out you don't like the play sheet on the wristband? Come to find out, what do you mean? Um, well, there's, uh, you know, the, Pete Carroll said something about putting a wristband, putting the play calls on the wristband. Uh, I don't know exactly what he said, but... Um, but I, I think, you know, won a lot of games there without one on the wrist. Put it, you know, and uh, I didn't know what mattered if you wore a wristband or not. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, you know, do whatever it takes to, to, to make sure that we're rolling and, and moving and, and everything else. I've, I've, the few times I've definitely worn a wristband, depending on the game plan and what we have called and all that stuff. But, yeah. I went looking back trying to find old pictures, uh, and there are some of Russell Wilson wearing a wristband for sure. With a play sheet on it. Yes. With a play calling sheet on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, now maybe he didn't like it and they didn't do it a whole heck of a lot. I think he sort well, of hinted there. Here's that the thing. You're sometimes the coach, they did. You're the coach. Player comes in and all he wants to do is complain about the wristband. So you know what his feelings are about the wristband. Right? Yeah. You know what his feelings are. You ask him to wear it anyway, and then he's just complaining about it. Then, you know, you still know. Yeah, I wore a wristband. Like, doesn't he say the truth? I wore it reluctantly. I wore it begrudgingly. Yeah. I didn't want to wear it. They kept making me wear it. You know, is, is that, what, they had, is that, that. what Pete, uh, is that what Pete Carroll 
had to face every week. Maybe. Hey, let's get it on. All the special plays, the ones with too much verbiage. Right. Let's get it on there. We'll call 21, and then boom, he goes straight to the sheet. That way he can call it. That way I don't have to call it for 12 seconds. Right. And he doesn't have to call it for 12 seconds. That's basically what they're doing. They're giving him a number, York, and it looks yeah, like he number. can relay it right, yes. To, yes. right to the the quarterback and relay it right and to And you can have different color of pages, like, you know, blue uh, give me blue 12, and then he'll go to the blue sheet 12. Uh, you know, if there's multiple pages, yeah. blue 12 is this specific play. Was Red, that a big thing when you were 14. playing, or is that more as the offenses have no, gotten Favre, more complicated? Favre had to go about his business of, uh, and, and Marino didn't have a wristband. Not back then? I wouldn't no, think so. No, That seems like a newer, yeah. in the last 15 years or so, the wristband, doesn't well, it? Maybe the last 20 years. Maybe the last 20 you know, years. 2000 on. Russell Wilson, like, and again, we always use that term, uh, when, when is the juice not worth the squeeze, or is it worth the squeeze? Yeah, he won 104 games for them. He, his, he had 292 touchdowns, the 87 interceptions. So what is that, 3-1? to one? Yeah, yeah, it's 3-1. to one. Uh, He had a quarterback rating of 101.8. Boy, we'd kill for that here, wouldn't we? Yeah. Which but, is but why... They seem to be happy, and Geno's thriving. That's the most amazing part of the whole story. Like, Geno Smith's thriving right now in Seattle. We keep wondering, like, is it going to... Is the sand almost out of the hourglass? Yeah, is is going to change? I don't know, man. He's playing great. They, pop, that's the marquee is, game in Germany this week. Right. Eric. Is pop luck going to go get him? I don't know. Yeah, they're playing at the Allianz Stadium where Bayern Munich uh, is that where trains. Bayern yeah. Munich plays exactly. They're in Munchen. They're in Munchen. They're yeah. a two and a half point dog too to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, an under five hundred bucks team uh, laying two and a half or three points against a six and three Seahawks team. Some people are starting to wonder if they should take Seahawks bets to the Super Bowl. I'm like, whoa, pump the brakes a little, right? Well, what are the odds on them? They're long. I mean, I guess I see that's why you do it. Maybe if you can win a few more games, you could sell it. Um, I'll tell you what they are right now. Hold on. I'm guessing in the 40 to 1 range, wouldn't it be? Does that sound about right? Let me look. Hold on. Uh, NFL futures on points bet. The Super Bowl, your favorites, still Buffalo. Then Kansas City and the Eagles are both 5 to 1. Seattle, uh, I guessed it on the nose, 40 to 1. So 40 to 1 for Seattle. That's still a good ticket. Yeah, maybe that's why, but geez. If I might, if like, if I'm looking at the NFC, and at this point you've missed the boat on the Eagles, you know, you could have the Eagles at 30 to 1 six weeks ago. Right. Two, two months ago. They're 5 to 1. If I'm looking at it now, you know who I'm thinking about, Yerk? Who are you looking at? The Niners at 12 to 1. Niners at 12 to 1. Yeah. Now, if I'm looking for, like, well, okay, what NFC team could I maybe gets there and anything crazy happens? Cowboys are 14 to 1. For some reason, I think I believe in the Niners more. I don't know why. I don't have a good answer as to why. I got to see Seattle's I think I like schedule. the coach better. That's why. I got to see their schedule, who they got left. They got the Bucks. They got the Raiders. The Raiders are terrible. They play the Rams, the 49ers, the Rams. They got the Rams twice. They- Jets, Chiefs. 49ers. I no, mean, the Niners are done with the Rams, aren't they? I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, you're talking about the Seahawks. I'm, I'm betting on the Seahawks I got right you. now. My bad. My at bad. At forty to one, I'd rather bet the Seahawks. Okay. Than bet San Francisco at twelve to one. Just me. Okay. That's what I'd rather do. What about Tampa at seventeen to one? Nah. No, I don't want. No, any I'm part with you of on Tampa. that. I don't want any part of Tampa either. No part of Tampa whatsoever. So there's the Bucks. So my point is, Seattle's got right. the Bucks. They got the Raiders, Rams, Panthers. Panthers is a victory. Uh, they got the 49ers, Chief Jets, Rams. So the rest of Seattle's games, 
are not walks in the park. All right, so you don't want the Eagles at five to one because there's no value. No, you're value. not as big on the Niners at twelve to one. No to Dallas and Minnesota at fourteen to one, right? Uh, yes. No. Just, no. We're both nose to Tampa at seventeen to one, and then the next AFC team up would be Seattle at forty to one. The Bears are uh, five hundred to one, by the way. Give me an AFC team that might be long odds because I think the AFC is all right. Because you know, Buffalo, if uh, if the thing with Baltimore. that's happening, yes. Yes, with their quarterback is 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 Elbow. true. Yeah, we got then. That's something to worry about. Josh Allen. That's something to worry about for them. Baltimore twelve to one. No, Dolphins twenty to one. Maybe that's the bet right there. Or can I give you one other one? Yeah, but it would have to mean number one comes back healthy. Bengals twenty five to one. Bengals twenty five to one. I mean, number no. one is Jamar Chase, right? Yes. Got to have Jamar Chase well, back I didn't healthy. think they were going to be able to do it. The, you know, the, the team I messed it up, I guess, is the Rams. I thought the Rams were going to be able to replicate what they did last year, and they haven't been able to do it. And I thought Cincinnati was going to be the team that fell off. I thought so, too. I mean, I had them making the playoffs, but yeah. just barely. No. I, I had them as Cincinnati. the last team in. I had Cincinnati missing. I picked them as the seventh team in the AFC just because of Joe Burrow. I had Pittsburgh doing something. I told you that was a yeah. mistake. I tried to warn you. Mike Tomlin. I was Mike Tomlin. I know, again. but that's a bad roster at this point, and they're kind of rebuilt. Yeah, I mean, come on. You're going with Mitch and a rookie quarterback. You knew that wasn't going to end well. Taylor is in Hyde Park. What up, Taylor? Yo, what's going on, guys? How are you, man? What's up, Taylor? Doing well, doing well. Um, I got two things to talk about. The NILs is amazing, by the way. Yeah, um, right? When I, it's, it's creating great competition amongst all of the leagues. It's great. I love it. And when I was in college, I was actually able to make about $100,000 through internships, through scholarships, through all this stuff. Damn, dude. But the college athletes at my school, they were always in the summer. They couldn't work. They couldn't do anything. So they were actually losing money, if you will, that opportunity. So the NIL, in my mind, is perfect. Yeah. Secondly, Yurko. Yo. This bet you had, bro. The Bears are going to make the playoffs and the Chiefs aren't. <laughs> yeah, well, remember that. Games, hey, those are predictions at the beginning of the year. Wait, wait, wait. Those are his predictions. Did he bet that? He didn't make no, that bet. I didn't did make he? those wagers. No. Yeah. That was just oh, his predictions. That's my too. predictions Thank for God. the year. Those aren't going to be good predictions. Thank God. That <laughs> did not You're, want you to lose. I'll never. T- uh, no, he won't lose anything out of that. Well, hold on now. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. I'll though. never understand. I will, One thing. I will never understand your whole, like, the Chiefs are going to regress and not make the playoffs It's thing. precipitous. At some point, you figure, at some point, they lose too much. What does that mean? Well, They've got Patrick Mahomes. I got you, but they lost Hill, and they're, they're trying to piece together wide receivers the way Green Bay's trying to piece together wide receivers, only they're doing a much better job well, of They it. have a better coach and a better quarterback. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, you go back and look at them. Right, who, who and the, the way they played, the Chiefs, the way they played, the Chargers game, they went twenty seven twenty four. They should have lost. Honestly. Thank you. They should have lost. Thank you. Should have lost that game. Thirty twenty nine against the Raiders. Yes, the Raiders were up seventeen nothing in that game. Okay, so my point is, it doesn't make a difference. This could be a four and four football team. We're scratching could, our heads it could over, be. going, "What the hell's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs?" It could be, but it's not. It could be, and they are what they are. Six and two. So yeah, a little bit of a whiff now. But it was precipitous early on. It was a little bit dangerous. What do you mean precipitous? It, was, it, was, it could have been a steep fall for them guys. Oh, 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 oh. They're on the edge of disaster. Oh, or maybe they're on the precipice. I think on the precipice. Is what I meant. Yeah, not precipitous. They're on the precipice. What do you mean? The precipice. Yes, they're on the precipice of disaster. You're right. They should have lost week two to the Chargers. They, and then they, the, the Raiders raided on them. 
Did I hear this stat right? Somebody fact check me on this. Might need Jacob Nitzberg uh, and ESPN Stats and Info for this. I think I heard a stat, Yerk, that the Raiders are either the first team ever or maybe the first team in the Super Bowl era, which is still like, what, well, 56 years now? Dangerously higher steep. So I guess the fall would have been dangerously higher steep. You could use If it. they had been 4-4. Four and four. You could use it. Yeah, but I'm wrong. I used that wrongly. The Raiders, I think I heard, Yurko, are the first team ever to in the same season to all... And the season's not even over. They've blown three 17-point leads. Three. Yeah. And I think I heard that they're the first that team could be a record. to ever do that. And there's nine, what are they, have eight games left. Yes. And now Darren Waller's on IR. Boy, if it's, you drafted, it's been a bad year anyway. If you drafted Darren Waller to be in it this year, you are frustrated as much as you are with Pitts. Oh, man. As much as you are with a lot of tight ends around this league. You need, like, Goddard. You need Kelsey. Who else right now? Like, really, Kelsey's the, the only one. Goddard's had a good year. Uh, Hawkinson's had a couple of decent games. Yeah, he has the outrageous games, but consistently will kill you on your team. Um, I feel like Goddard's been a pretty steady contributor. Oh, Mark Andrews, he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit. But Mark Andrews, you'd be good well, with. Well, he's out of the lineup now, too. Who else? Like Waller and Pitts. Um, you know, Komet's been okay. He's got three touchdowns. I don't know. Here, I'll give you the, I'll, I'll Fryermuth, give you because of the quarterback situation, I don't think Fryermuth has been that great. There you go. So top ten, Kelsey. Right? Uh, it'd be okay if you'd leave me alone here. Mark Andrews. Yeah, I've heard. Damn computers. David Njoku. Njoku, yeah. Njoku. Njoku. That's good. Yeah. Okay, Njoku. That's like Enkeel Harry. Yeah, David, Njoku. David Njoku. Yeah, why are you saying the end, Carm? Dallas Goddard. Goddard's been very consistent. Yes. Zach Ertz, fifth. Uh, Zach Ertz, okay. Will Disley. Yes, in Seattle. Yeah, Will Disley. Uh, uh, Hare Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, Pat Fryermuth. He's only got one touchdown, though. Hare means mister. Oh, thank you. Hare Fryermuth, he only has one touchdown, but okay. TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson. What about, like, Schultz? Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby. And Tyler Conklin. Man. No, uh, no Dawson Knox, no Schultz in there. Hey, guys have been. I think Schultz missed some games. They're all too, been, yeah, they're all banged you guys, up. Guys, guys have banged up. I guess that's it. Um, real quick, Paulie Cheesecake has his place. Paulie swept the board last week. This guy <laughs> loves to lay three the no, lumber. Three and, no, and, and Cheesecake. And, and while the dogs are barking everywhere, Paulie correctly picked three favorites. So a three and a week, right, Paulie? And this week is my twelve year anniversary for my cheesecake. Wow, twelve spectacular years of. Did making get, delicious cheesecakes you for get, one and all. Yeah, did you get your cheesecakes yeah. a gift? No, no, no. I'm doing that for for the holidays. Did you make a? So like, is there a commemorative like 12th anniversary cheesecake? Yeah, yeah, yes. Mini Oreo with the caramel. I did. I did that yesterday. Now, was that because that was the original cheesecake you made? Is that why you chose no, it? No, as- no, 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 no. I'm always thinking. I'm creative. I, that's a new flavor. Who did you make the mini Oreo caramel cheesecake for? Uh for my workers. For your workers, okay. Worker, yeah. your employees. Yeah. And and they yeah. split that they eat they get an equal slice of the pie as we like to say. Well, it's like no, whatever I I just bring it there, whatever they do with the cheesecake to eat it or whoever takes it, I don't care. Okay. Do you have a profit sharing program? Not yet. Not yet. But you're I'll working work on, on one? That. Are you are you planning on one? No, no, no. I'm working on that, but I'm also working on, on other things too, like okay. uh Trying to find somebody, so I'm working well, on that too. Yo, listen, you're Papali, trying to find somebody. It's it's one of life's great mysteries. Do you Papali. need a private investigator? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm pretty close to one. So good, good. I, I, I wish you. We wish that. you nothing but the best. All right, give us yeah. your plays for this weekend. Okay, 
I want the Bears. Again. You're going to lay the three with the Bears. Yes. Okay. And I'm taking, obviously, I'm taking Miami. You're going to take Miami. All right. Miami is laying. We're going to give it, we're going to lock that in at three and a half. Okay. Over Cleveland. And I want, I want the, um, the, the, the Jaguars to lose to uh, who they play. The Bengals, pl- I think? No, the Jaguars are playing the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs. I meant the Chiefs. I want the Chiefs over the Jaguars. So you want KC minus nine and a half, though? Yes. Oh, yes, boy. This guy, love you love laying the lumber, Paulie. Yes. Both yes, uh, on do. your picks and yes. in your personal life. So good for you. Yes. Hey, All Carmen, right. yeah. I sent you a picture on Twitter, a, a, a recent one. Okay. Uh, I ju- more recent than the one from a couple weeks ago? Of yourself no, no, or a cheesecake? No, 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 no. It's a picture of me from, uh, I went to a, a family party last Friday. Okay. Uh, and the picture's on there. It's, uh, it's from last Friday, so it's still recent. Beautiful. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Paulie. Good luck. Sounds good. Okay, thank you. Right, Paulie okay. swept right. the board last week, everybody. So if you want, and he's laying a he's big hot. number. He's laying... I don't like laying over three here, but he's doing it with Miami. He's laying nine and a hook. He's hot. With KC, and he's laying three with the Bears. Coming up next, McKnight at the movies, and then we go to Vegas to talk to Todd Furman about all the college and pro games this weekend, or all the big ones anyway, and we'll get some best plays. We'll be right back. See what Carmen and Yurko are talking about on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago today. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Oh, yeah, baby. Every Thursday, we play McKnight at the movies. And we're going to do it right now. $25 gift card to Lou Malnati's on the line. So just by being a movie buff, you could win. Yurko and I will play along with you. We do not know the movies Connor selects. He went back-to-back comedies. He went back-to-back Jim Carrey comedies. He did. A very dark comedy that uh, we love uh, a ton. Cable Guy, a couple of weeks ago. Last week, because the Bears were playing the Dolphins, it made a lot of sense to do Ace Ventura. And I wonder uh, if there's some sort of tie-in, some sort of theme. Could it possibly be a third straight Jim Carrey movie? Could it be, I wonder, I had an idea because the Bears are playing the Lions. I was thinking of something in my head, but I think he may have already done it in the past. Hmm. All right, let's find out, Yurko, shall we? We're going to play McKnight at the movies. Let's do it. When you think you know, first correct caller wins, 312-332-3776. Ooh, it's also Veterans Day tomorrow, though. Maybe it's a war movie. We don't know. I don't know. All right, here we go. McKnight at the movies, part one. Our scene opens on a one-shot, a hero shot. We're being introduced to a character for the first time in the film, and everything about this establishing picture tells us he's a hero, or at least he thinks he is. He's obviously from the future, but just as obviously out of place in his surroundings. He's trying to communicate with someone far away and having no luck getting a response. As he turns to survey the landscape, he finds only more distress. The state of his ship means he's stuck. Quickly, he begins to assess his situation for the record. Suddenly, and out of nowhere, a new character pops on screen. He's friendly, goofy, doesn't at all fit the vibe of the other now marooned character. All right. Well, I'm, I'm getting kind of, uh, I'm kind of, you know, near zeroing in on something, but I don't necessarily have a guess. I have a guess, but I think it's wrong. Let me see. Send it my direction, Carm, and I will tell you what I think. No. No? All right. Definitely not. Definitely not? Yes. Okay. All right. 
Okay, here's part two. A bit on our actors, both riding fame's crest in this picture. One had just come back from the moon, and the other had just begun his transition from wildly popular TV star to big screen Santa. Now this movie. A ton of other great voices in the movie. Janine from Ghostbusters, the inconceivable guy, the mailman from Cheers, Ernest, Rickles even? I know. Now I got it. What was that? Was that it? That's it. Oh, I got you. Got it. All right. Yeah. By uh, the end of Clue 2, I had it. Uh, Here we go. Here's McKnight at the Movies Part 3. Back to the scene. The space-suited fella is on the defensive, prepared for an attack from this unknown. This newcomer, though, he's friendly. He's wearing the kind of cowboy getup that says, you can trust me. He's introducing himself and explaining the situation best he can. These two are from different worlds, though, and it's going to take some time before they come to terms. A great movie, a trailblazer, too. One of the first and best fully CG movies of all time. Timeless classic, if you ask me. I mean, my kids still watch it, yeah. uh, and they love it. And the movie's th- I'm, that movie's got to be going on what thirty years 1992 old? Nineteen ninety two, maybe ninety five. I was going to guess. It's older than me and Jake. Yeah. I mean, is it? It's got to be. I'm guessing ninety five. It's older than these two. It's older than Jake. Yeah, and it's older than Charlie. Have you guys seen it? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. See, it's a timeless classic. Our winner is Dan and Valparaiso. Dan, what's that movie? Toy Story. It is Toy Story. Nice job, Dan. Make sure you hold on. The guys will send was you that. Was that the first from Pixar? Yeah, I believe it was Pixar's very first. Oh, yes. Or at least it was their first like big major feature release film. feature film that they had done with Disney. It wasn't a short. Correct. Yes. And uh, it was cutting edge. And the Pixar movies, man, they're all good. No, nah, I shouldn't say all. Most of them are really good. Have you seen Inside Out? Yeah. Oh, my God, is that good? I love that movie. Yeah, being inside the person's brain yeah, and all I mean, the other ones. Yeah. so good. They're very clever and creative and sometimes very, very deep, and that one certainly is. Coco's my favorite. You see Coco? Finding Nemo's mine. Finding Nemo's excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's the, mine. The original. Here is the reveal. Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Star Command, come in. Do you read me? Why don't they answer? My ship! Blast. This will take weeks to repair. Buzz Light, your mission log. Start at 4072. My ship has run off course en route to Sector 12. I've crash landed on a strange planet. The impact must have awoken me from hypersleep. Terrain seems a bit unstable. No readout yet if the air is breathable. And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Oh, yeah! Ah! Whoa! Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I frighten you? Didn't mean to. Sorry. Howdy. My name is Woody, and this is Andy's room. That's all I wanted to say. And also, there has been a bit of a mix-up. This is my spot. See, the bed here? Local law enforcement. It's about time you got here. I'm Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger, Universe Protection Unit. My ship has crash-landed here by mistake. Yes, it is a mistake, because you see, the bed here is my spot. I need to repair my turbo boosters. Do people still use fossil fuels, or have you discovered crystallic fusion? Well, let's see. Uh, we got double A's. <laughs> ah, that's good. Didn't they do a Buzz Lightyear movie this year, like a prequel? They did. Right? Yeah. It was not- it's, it's Chris Evans. Chris mm-hmm. Evans, who's the sexiest man in the world, if I'm not mistaken. That's not my rankings. I believe I Co- saw. According to somebody. You, according to somebody, Yurko. Maybe people. Maybe time. I don't know. 
Somebody said maybe entertainment tonight. I don't know who. Is that still up there? I have no idea. They said Chris Evans is the sexiest man in the world. I don't know that I agree. I don't necessarily strongly disagree because he's pretty sexy. Uh, I just don't know if he's the sexiest. Listen, you got my partner here has got girls walking down the street videotaping him three times a show. Uh, I so don't even know what you're talking about. There's some people about. that are pretty, pretty sexy around these parts. I yeah. would tell Chris Evans to just whoa that thing. Yeah, relax a little bit, champ. <laughs> yeah, just relax on that thing a little bit. Your circle might um, think you're hot, but I, that's it. I'm, I don't think we ever... I haven't seen that one. I never was like in and out of the theater, I feel like, and I don't even know if the kids have seen uh, the new Lightyear yeah. movie. I'm not sure if it... I don't, I don't know that it was met with... Um, Great fanfare. Critical critical acclaim. I don't think it was, Yerk. Uh, coming up next, we are going to head out to Las Vegas. We'll talk to Todd Furman. Got a couple of really big college games and then uh, the board in the NFL to talk about, including Bears and Lions. And we'll ask him if he thinks the Bears, you know, are the days... Uh, and the, the days in the rear view where the Bears are, you know, playing in games and where the total is 40 or 42 points. Because this offense, I think, has people starting to believe a little bit. So uh, we'll pick Furman's brain coming up next. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Don't forget to hang with us tomorrow, Football Friday. We're out and about. Oh, I wish it was going to be as nice as today. But we're still going to have a blast with Keeper's Heart, Irish American Whiskey. We love that stuff. Makes a great cocktail. We'll have a few tomorrow. And Alta Equipment, Moretti's Northwest Side in Edison Park. Come hang with Yerk and me, manana, from noon until 2.30. This is always one of my favorite times of the week, Yerko. You know that. We get to pick the brain of one of the best in the business. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He is at Todd Furman. And listen to his podcast, which is always educational and informative to get you ready for the college and pro weekend. He does it with Payne Insider. It's the Bet the Board podcast wherever you get your pods. Todd Furman joins us now live in Vegas on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. How are you, buddy? I'm doing very well, gentlemen. How are you boys doing? We're, we're doing well. We might be getting a little carried away, but uh, we feel like the days of the Bears playing in games with a posted total of 40 might be in the rear view. Uh, are people finally starting to buy in that this offense is a little bit more capable with Justin Fields? Certainly a long way to go, but they're starting, dangerous. They're starting to score points, <laughs> and the defense isn't very good. Uh, I can make a case for over 48.5 when you look at these two defenses uh, that are playing at Soldier Field on Sunday and what the two offenses are potentially capable of, Todd. It's definitely been a little bit more dynamic, and it hasn't quite been the slog that we grew accustomed to early in the season from the Bears as they've unleashed Justin Fields, and it's paid dividends. I mean, last week's game, no, not shy of fireworks either direction, and we know, obviously, much of the chagrin of Bears fans, the NFL issuing an apology on a couple blown calls oh, doesn't yeah. provide much salve <laughs> for the wound. The thing that I worry about here, as far as the Bears are concerned, guys, this run defense is a real problem. And we know what Detroit wants to do first and foremost, especially with Jared Goff playing outside in November. They're going to run the football early, they're going to run it often, and they're going to run it late. And when you look at the Bears so far this season, when teams have been able to run the football against them, it hasn't been a recipe for success. So when I look at this game, and I know that it was bet up from where it opened at one and a half out to three, I'm not sure the Bears are, are worthy of being a full field goal favorite over the Lions right now. 
The total for me at 48.5, I worry about pace and tempo a little bit. Mm. The biggest thing that's going to work in the Bears' favor for games going over the total is if the Bears or their opponent find themselves down by multiple scores and have to chase. That was the perfect scenario for us last week against the Dolphins. This week, I don't know if it'll be the case. Don't have strong convictions on the total. And sidewise, I would lean towards the Lions catching the three. Yeah, and each of the last two games, you make a good point. The Bears were in sort of chase mode, and you had to kind of open it up a little bit because they were down multiple scores very early on. Uh, we'll see if it plays out that way uh, Sunday at Soldier. We got a, a game over in Europe, uh, in Munich this weekend. I can't imagine what the look ahead, the early look ahead lines would have looked like in this game. But now the Bucks are laying only two and a half because the Seahawks have been one of the surprise stories of the season. Is this a good, like, uh, dare I say, almost a, a buy low spot for the Bucks in the early game on Sunday? It's been amazing to watch the line movement here. I mean, you talk about two different influential betting groups really having a war in the betting market. That's what we've seen unfold. Hmm. Tampa opened as a one-point favorite. Number was bet out as high as a field goal, and that's where other guys went, wait a second. This is way too big a mountain for the Bucks to climb just because they find a 60-yard game-winning drive last week against the Rams. This Bucks offense hasn't been completely fixed, but you do wonder if that's the spark they need that can catapult them into being relevant as far as the NFC South, a division that is wide open and there for the taking. It's why the Bucks are still over $2 favorites, despite being one game under 500. And here comes Seattle, clearly a surprise in the entire National Football League this season, maybe even more so than the Jets and Giants. Mm. And you look at what Geno Smith is doing. They made the right decision, at least it appears, giving Geno the reins. But I think this, from a defensive assignment, is going to be significantly tougher for him to navigate through than what he's encountered over the last couple of weeks. For me, I lean ever so slightly towards Tampa here, but I need to see another data point where the Bucks can prove to me that this offense is going to figure it out. Defensively, they can stymie what Seattle wants to do because the one area where the Bucks have been a little bit deficient is against the run. Thing is, for them, they get Akeem Hicks, a name the Bears fans know all too well, and how much different the Bears' run defense looked when he was in the lineup versus out. I think something similar could start to unfold in Tampa. Green Bay's terrible. They've been pitiful. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look the same. They're getting five points up in Green Bay mm-hmm. against Dallas, I believe. Yes, it is. Is this where Green Bay comes back and gives you the little viper bite <laughs> and, and they get <laughs> Dallas here? I mean, you guys have known me uh, for years, and it's rare if I'm going to advocate for laying points with a road favorite. Right. But in this spot, even I don't want to back the home underdog in the form of the Green Bay Packers because I look for a path to success, and I'm not sure I see it for Green Bay offensively. Maybe they can run the football and establish Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon against the interior of the Cowboys' defensive front. Defensively, I would normally say that's the calling card for Green Bay, but can they replace the productivity of Rashawn Gary, who's lost for the season with a torn ACL? And guys, if you were to bet this game before the season started, Green Bay would have been a a four-and-a-half-point favorite here. So you're talking about nearly a 10-point swing with this. But as we're talking, I'm starting to see money come in on the Green Bay Packers. The fives are disappearing from the market, and some of the sharpest books in the world trending towards four. What is interesting, though, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, this will be the first career game where he's a home underdog of four-plus points potentially. He's been great as a home dog. It doesn't happen often. 5-1-1 one, one against the spread as a home underdog in his career. 4-2-1 straight up. Nine passing touchdowns, no picks. I feel more comfortable that if Green Bay is ultimately the side here, their defense has to make the difference. I'd look to go under the total at 43. I think this number could tick down before we get to Sunday. Uh, None of us could quite figure out what the hell the Colts are doing, uh, hiring uh, an analyst midseason that was outside your organization. I don't care if he's one of your great players or not. 
Uh, any kind of pop the Colts get, or are they just not good? This is a weird game. Like, I don't know Taylor's that Taylor's coming back, I, too. This is in your... It is, but he hasn't been that good this year anyway. Uh, this is in your backyard. I You you know the Raiders better than uh, better than us, obviously. I, to me, it's like, I don't think they should be laying near a touchdown against anybody. I don't care how bad the Colts have been and how bad they've been offensively, but how the hell do you start to handicap a game like Colts and Raiders uh, Sunday afternoon? Well, for as dysfunctional as the Colts are and appear to be forward-facing, the Raiders are an internal mess right now. Mm. And the question becomes, is Josh McDaniels going to survive the remainder of this season? And if you were to lose this week to the Indianapolis Colts with Jeff Saturday and Parks Frazier pulling the strings for the offense, that's going to sound even more alarm bells than are already going off. Because last weekend was where the Raiders were supposed to provide the point de resistance. It was going to be coming together, kumbaya, we were bonding as a team on the East Coast. And guys, for the first two quarters, it looked like the Raiders were finally going to be able to exercise some of those demons. Yet for the third time this season, we see them blow a 17-point lead, and here we are with a lot of finger-pointing happening internally. I'm not going to try and navigate through the side and make a case for the Colts, which are starting to get some professional money earlier today. Under the total makes the most sense for me. I think the Raiders' defense and where they're most vulnerable can't be attacked by the Colts offensively. Indy's defense still has an adult in the room in Gus Bradley that'll be buttoned up. This, for me, 21-17 feels about right. Flip a coin in terms of who you think wins the football game. Uh, I think any price at 41.5 or better to go under makes sense. Excellent call. Todd Furman's our guest. Uh, check out the podcast, the Bet the Board podcast, wherever you get your pods. He is at Todd Furman on Twitter. We'll get some best plays in a few minutes. A couple big college games to talk about. Uh, Nick Saban and Bama on the road as favorites recently. Not good. Just two and six against the number in their last eight. And here they are laying double digits at Ole Miss. But uh, I, I'm a little hesitant to run and back Ole Miss considering they have faced one team outside, uh, inside the top 60 in offensive efficiency. And that one team was LSU. And LSU ran roughshod over them. So uh, give us a little bit of a breakdown. And is Bama in a spot here? I don't know if you want to lay that big of a number, but is Bama in a spot here to bounce back and stick it to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss this weekend? Uh, I can tell you I want no part of the underdog here. Even with Ole Miss coming in with a rest advantage, having potentially a couple of wrinkles that Alabama will have to contend with, this is a game where I think Alabama can dominate along the, both the offensive and defensive lines. The problem with laying this kind of number with Alabama in this particular spot is do they have the game breakers on the outside that's going to allow them to get the 60 to 70 yard touchdowns that you need to feel comfortable laying nearly two touchdowns on the road. But what is fascinating when you look at the number here and compare it to last week, Alabama closed a 13 and a half point favorite on the road at LSU and here they are playing 11.5 against an Ole Miss team. I don't have Ole Miss better than LSU on a neutral field right mm-hmm. now, so it's a little bit of a discount in that regard. I think Ole Miss, to your point, Carm, is a little bit of a paper tiger, both on the offensive and defensive side. And when you look at how prolific they've been running the football, third in the country behind only two service academies, Jackson Dart throwing the ball, not going to be something that Alabama has to worry all that much about. So uh, I think this is where Alabama is a little bit of a bargain price. But you're going to know pretty early on if Alabama is fully entrenched, playing for pride down the stretch, or if they've just completely folded the tent. Uh, so I'd look to try and get in live, maybe if Ole Miss scores early, to back Alabama at a price, especially if it were to dip under a touchdown. All right, excellent call. You also nailed something with us last week on the biggest game uh, on the college board last weekend, and that was the Georgia-Tennessee game. You had said on the Thursday show, don't be surprised uh, if this thing keeps going out towards double digits, and it did. All the money was on Tennessee, and Vegas and the bookmakers didn't care. They were happy. 
We always like to say, uh, you know, throw the handicap aside if you know nothing about the teams. But if you find out that all that money is on one side and Vegas is cool with it, just blindly go ahead and put a shekel or two on the side of the books. And that came to fruition. And I bring all that up to talk about the TCU-Texas game. Is this a spot where the real sharp players and the people that do the deep dives into the analytics look at an undefeated TCU team ranked in the top four in the college playoff being a touchdown underdog, albeit on the road, against a three-loss team. Is something similar going to happen here where the books are going to be fine with teams lining up to grab TCU in the points? Well, we've done a lot of dumpster diving, guys, this year in our best best bets portion of the program. There's been a lot of UNLVs in there, a lot of the two lanes of the world and such. Uh, but this is a game I have circled, so uh, we can hold back any pretense here. I'm going to lay the points with Texas okay. at minus seven. I make this game eight and a half, and while that doesn't sound like a lot from a, a variant standpoint, it's a matchup-based play for me as well. When you look at Texas and where they're strong, in the trenches along the offensive and defensive line, they have a huge edge, in my opinion, both on the outside with their skill position players on the offensive and defensive side. And Texas is a team right now that is playing with everything in front of them. They're not going to the national championship. They're not going to get to the college football playoff. But you can make the case in just a little over a season and a half that this will be Sark's biggest game. Night game at Darrow Royal Stadium. Texas needs the win to stay in the race for the Big 12 championship. And this is a TCU team that has a giant target on their back. The Horn Frogs fans finally got what they wanted. They're top four in the college football playoff. Guys, I don't even have them inside my top ten. And if they played Florida State this weekend on a neutral, I'm making Florida State a short favorite. Wow. Last weekend, TCU relatively fortunate when Baron Morton goes down for Texas Tech. Tech did some things defensively to disguise their coverage that created a lot of problems for Max Dugan, who in my opinion doesn't appear to be 100%. Uh, I think Texas gets out of this outside this number early and would not be shocked if we were talking about Texas winning this game by 17-plus Saturday night under the lights in Austin. All right, so we like Texas. Anything else for for the weekend here that you want to give out? Yeah, we'll go. Uh, we'll actually kick things off Friday night. Uh, we're going to fade Cincinnati with East Carolina plus the five. Uh, I think when you look at this East Carolina team, they come in with a rest advantage. Holt Naylor's a little bit more polished at the quarterback position. And Cincinnati's a team that's underwhelmed at the betting window. They're getting by on a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I think this is a dynamic attack that they're really going to struggle with. I know playing at Nippert Stadium at night can be challenging, but ECU's a side that's veteran-laden. I actually think they're the better football team right now. So when I build in home field advantage, I still make Cincinnati a favorite, but it's much closer to a field goal. So I'll take ECU plus the five and talk about another team that I think is extremely overvalued. There's a reason that Wake Forest is a short favorite against North Carolina. North Carolina hasn't played a team with a pulse not named Notre Dame, and we saw how well that game went for them at Keenan Stadium earlier this year. If Pittsburgh could complete the forward pass, Pitt beats North Carolina as well. Perfect buy-low opportunity for Wake Forest after two turnover-filled games against very good defenses in Louisville and NC State. Breath of fresh air for Sam Hartman. He finally gets the best of an in-state rival. Uh, I think Wake wins this game going away against the UNC defense. That leaves a lot to be desired, but it will be scary trying to bet against Drake May, arguably the best quarterback in the entire country. Sounds great, buddy. Uh, Happy wagering. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Best of luck with your picks this weekend. You too, Todd. There he is, Todd Furman, live in Vegas at Todd Furman on Twitter. And check out the podcast, the Bet the Board Pod. Crosstalk coming up in less than 15 minutes. 312-332-3776. If you want to ring us up and talk about anything before Waddle and Sylvie come down, it's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Bring Carmen and Yurko with you at home or in your office. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000.
Waddle and Sylvia will be in for crosstalk in a few. Carmen and Yurk, don't forget to come hang with us tomorrow at Moretti's as we are out and about for a football Friday. Moretti's uh, on Olmstead in Edison Park on the northwest side of the city. We'll see you there to wrap the week. Free agency getting underway in uh, Major League Baseball. Where's Aaron Judge going to land? The Athletic actually put the White Sox in, like, the top five. I, I, and that was sort of, I was like, what, what, what? No, that, that ain't happening. Yeah. And Jim Bowden wrote that Jerry Reinsdorf don't count him out to make a splash. In what, the pool? Like, yeah. is he doing cannonballs? Like, yeah. what splash? They've never spent... The infinity pool. Yeah, like That's what... where he's making a splash. What splash? Yeah. Are we going back to Albert Bell? Maybe a splash of cranberry in his drink. Right. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Ain't uh, gonna be no splash uh, in free agency. Albert Bell, 25 years ago, the one time he did it to stick it to the owners, the, the other owners that he was mad at? I mean, like, what... Yeah. What splash Not are we talking guy. about? Not this guy. Please. Not Aaron no Judge to the south side. Ah, and if you were going to do that, you should have done it with Harper and Machado, who were four years younger. Yes. Yes. Like, give me a break. There's no lesson to learn here. Well, you think Rick Hahn was sandbagging? And they're secretly out there, going to, like, behind the scenes, they're they're making a, a run for Aaron Judge? No, but I can imagine the story that comes out when Aaron Judge signs elsewhere. We gave him the best offer. We talked to Aaron Judge. Yeah, we talked to Aaron Judge, gave him the best offer. I know he signed a three hundred eighty million dollar contract. Our offer was better. Our offer was better. Our offer was four twenty total, with only one hundred guaranteed. <laughs> a splash of cranberry in his Damn. drink. You like that? that? That's funny. the splash you get. Splash of water with his Jameson, yeah. with his keeper's heart, Irish American. That's funny, Yurko. I got a couple of guys though. Maybe. What do you think? Well, let me hear. You know how they are too. Like when they fall in love with someone, they usually stay in love, right? Right. Maybe that's more of a Kenny thing than a Rick thing. But Kenny still, you know, he wields some power over there. He's got some influence. He's got some influence. You know who they've loved? That's a free agent, Andrew Benintendi, former so, Boston guy. Yes, they loved. They've loved him. They tried to get him in the deal when they did the sale trade. They ended up with Johan Makata. Yeah. They really wanted Ben Benintendi. Benintendi, after like his second year, looked like a star, and it is not like it is not. He's kind of gone the other way, yeah. But York, I will say this: he's still only twenty eight. Okay, uh, and I remember he didn't get to finish the season after getting traded to the Yankees. He broke a bone in his wrist, so he did not play in the playoffs. But he's still only twenty eight. He had a one twenty OPS plus last season between uh -huh. the Royals and the Yankees. Right. He's still a pretty decent defender in a corner. Okay, he's certainly well above what they have now in the corners. Right. And his career slash line against right-handed pitching, he is a lefty Yurko, 286, 358, 451. Like, I could get behind some sort of a... Ben Attendee. Ben Attendee deal that would replace... You're probably going to pay what you were going to pay Pollock is probably what Ben Attendee is going to sign Pollock for. Maybe a little bit out. more. He opted out, yes. Pa Pollock wanted to escape. Boy, what does that tell you? That a 35-year-old coming off his worst year in the majors... Said no to thirteen mil schmill. Yeah, I don't want it. Like, what does that say about? I'll take less elsewhere. Jeez, and I know he gets a five million buyout, so he really only needs eight million, 8 million next million year now. So I suppose that's the way he was looking at it. Like, I'll I'll still make my thirteen. I just don't want to do it here. He could probably go out and get eight million. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he gets six million. He'll come close. Maybe he makes eleven instead of thirteen, and in his mind, that's fine. Just to be away from the south side. I don't know. Maybe he didn't like the fit. I don't know what it was. Uh, the other guy, you know, Jesse mentioned this guy, Michael Brantley. Now, Michael Brantley turns 36 in May, and he's coming off of labrum surgery. 
So maybe some red flags, but you know the guy is still productive here. And first of all, he torches the White Sox. So maybe it'd be nice to have him in a White Sox uniform. But who's the the joke that uh, Cub fans always make? He killed us until he came here. Who was it? Um, and then he killed us again. Oh, Sylvie would know right away. The Cubs used to always make a joke. Was it, um, damn, I feel like it was a Braves player. Not Ken Reitz. No, not Ken Reitz. How old are we going? Uh, like in the 90s. 90s. Is Sylvie down there? Jake, is Sylvie here? He killed us till he came here. They used to here. always make the joke. Is no, Sylvie... he's not. Waddle's here. Uh, Waddle, Waddle probably wouldn't know because it's a Cub-related thing. But the Cub fans used to always make the joke. Like, they were happy to get him because he always killed the Cubs and then he stunk. And, he, and It wasn't Tim Wallach. No, no, no. Damn, I can't think of what I can't remember anyway, the guy in the 90s that Brantley, came here. I'm pretty sure Billy uh, Hamilton had a cup of coffee here. He was a he was a cup yeah, killer for a while. Well, he had a cup of coffee on the south side. Was it was it Jeff Blauser? Could it have possibly been Jeff oh, Blauser? Could be, yeah, from Atlanta. Did Blauser like used to kill the Cubs and then he signed Came and, here and then he was brutal? Maybe it was Jeff Blauser. Sylvia will know right away. Like, watch that be Michael Brantley. They go out and they sign Brantley. Like he he's killed the White Sox in his career, Yerk. Uh his career OPS in the ballpark is eight eleven. He's killed him. All right, so his numbers in his 30s, right? This is Michael Brantley just in his 30s. In his 30s. 306, 365, 462 slash line, a 122 OPS plus. And even last year, he was still good for them. Didn't hit for a ton of power, got hurt, busted up his shoulder, had to have surgery. They say he's a great teammate, great clubhouse guy. But, I mean, you want a 36-year-old running around yeah, there? Yeah, they now? loved him down coming in off, Yeah, I know they loved him. Down in, right? uh, in Houston. Yeah, that's it. Do you want Loved him down in Houston. Boy, he's killed the White Sox when he was in Cleveland too, York, I'm telling you. So I don't know, a couple options there that I guess he could do worse. I'd ra- I'd probably just on age alone rather have Ben Intendi who's eight years younger. Right. You know, maybe doesn't have quite the power potential, but still could probably go out and get on base at a three fifty clip Who for you. Trade Giolito to. Oof. That's a good question. Who's going to take Giolito? I don't know. And will the trade back come, the, the, the thing coming back will be more international money? <laughs> it could be. I mean, what if that's the only thing you got back for Giolito? It could be. More international money. Uh, Connor says definitely you're talking about Bla- uh, Jeff uh, Blauser. That's who it's got to be. Oh, he said Marlon Bird, dude. It definitely wasn't Marlon Bird. Uh, Waddle and Sylvia are going to jump in for Crosstalk coming up next. Russell Wilson has the final word today brought to you by Bath Planet. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. You had to have the last word. On Carmen and Yurko. I don't know exactly what he said, but but I, I think, you know, won a lot of games there without one on the wrist, you know, and uh, I didn't know uh, winning or losing mattered if you wore a wristband or not.